I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Owl Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Welcome back to Owl Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers. I'm Becky Haddad, excited to be here with Mike Ritalik and Brian Myers, and especially excited to be here with Tiffany Mori from Penn State. Tiffany, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself to get us started today? Yeah, hi, I'm uh, Tiffany Mori. I am from the great state of New Jersey. Um, prior to returning to Penn State, so you got my PhD in Ag and Extension Ed with a specialization in learning design technology. Um, I was a high school and middle school ag teacher in my home state for seven years. Um, I did primarily case, but it was also at the time we were starting to go one-to-one. So being that uh, I had studied a little bit of tech in college, I had a lot of fun figuring out some ways to integrate tech, not only into the ag classroom, but into my school as a whole. Um, when I had the opportunity to go back to the, for the doctorate, uh, I did. And I was lucky enough to find a project that merged my two loves of ag education and educational technology. And so I did a lot of focusing on virtual mentoring and how it can help to improve the technology usage skills of our ag teachers. Um, after graduating with my PhD in the summer of 2020, I returned to the classroom and I am currently the ag teacher at Buna Regional High School in Buna, New Jersey. Um, obviously, returning during a COVID year was a bit of a challenge. The ag ag classroom didn't look anything like the one I had left um, and everything was being done virtually through hybrid uh, education. So I was super thankful for my learning design technology classes and all had learned about online stuff at Penn State. Um, I don't think that that's going away anytime soon. So next year, I'm really looking forward to the ability to have my students in person, but then still be able to implement digital learning just within the parameters where I'm actually seeing them. And we can sort of set norms and things to uh, figure out the best way for everybody so that we're all getting the skills that we need but it's not so much of a learning curve like it was before. We're always excited to have someone here who is in the classroom doing the work. So um, really excited to have you be joining us as a high school ag teacher, Tiffany. Can you tell us a little bit about what we're gonna be chatting about today as far as virtual mentoring goes? Sure. Uh, so when I got to Penn State in 2017, uh, my graduate advisor, Dr. Daniel Foster, had started implementing a program where we would pair our um, pre-service ag teachers with a unique team of virtual mentors that were designed to scaffold and support them throughout their last year in the program. So through the student teaching internship and through their transition into the classroom. Um, each team was made up of three unique members. So they had a recent program graduate who could kind of be there as a cheerleader because they had just been in their shoes, rooting them on, letting them know what to expect, and then also being able to give them that perspective of a new ag teacher. Um, their second team member was a ag teacher from the state of Pennsylvania. Um, since most of them were going to be student teaching in state, just someone who could give them a little bit of advice of, hey, here's how we do ag ed in Pennsylvania. Here's what to expect. Here's how you navigate some of the things that are unique to us. Um, and then 
their last virtual mentor was an out-of-state ag teacher. We did this for hybrid vigor. Um, even though we like to say ag out is a family, it's a little different in each state and each region. And so we wanted to bring in an outside perspective to them. So if they decided that they wanted to go elsewhere, since we do have a nationwide ag teacher shortage, um, they could and they would have a little bit of in the know. Um, besides that, they also had their cooperating teacher. So the cooperating teacher was on the team virtually through the first semester, and then they were actually in person with them every day. Um, and so what started as a, hey, let's set this up as a way to support our, our ag teachers with all these unique people who can't necessarily be in the same place at the same time, turned into, well, what's everybody getting out of it? And so for my dissertation study, um, we decided to examine how is this affecting the technology usage behaviors of our teachers? Was it making them more tech savvy and helping them to develop some of the behaviors and techniques that they need to be proficient at teaching and learning with technology? Or was it simply just something novel that they were doing for fun? Tiffany, I think this work is phenomenal. I think it's so exciting. And you know, again, you talked about this little thing called COVID. We're all kind of working our way through here. Hopefully some of the things we learned through that we can keep to go from here. And, and this sounds so great to do that. And you're going to get into the, the, to the different things and, and the impacts here. How the heck does the intern manage all of this? Because mentoring is great and, and keeping all this information in, but how do they kind of manage all the information that they were getting from these various sources? Because I, I think this is so cool. And honestly, I want to steal it. So tell me how to steal it. Okay, so we definitely set up some parameters and some norms for our teams. So as you know, um, the digital world is huge. There are so many different places and spaces and ways that we can kind of communicate with each other in these online professional learning communities. Um, and so what we did was we chose three carefully curated platforms and we created what's known as a digital ecosystem. So just like in a natural ecosystem, all the different partners contribute to the success and the survival. We kind of did that within the virtual mentoring program. And so we chose three spaces where our um, mentors and mentees would communicate. So the first was a blog, because as we know, reflective practice is a huge part of the teaching process, whether you're just starting out or you've been in the classroom for a long time. And so we used Blogger. Um, it's supported by most email platforms. You don't have to have a special account to log in, and it's free. Uh, we did think about WordPress, but WordPress was linked with the Penn State account. So if our students graduated, then they were locked out. So their blogger was theirs to keep, theirs to update for as long as they wanted. And then it was super easy for their mentoring team to log in, read their blog posts, and then leave feedback. Um, the second platform we chose was social media, and we chose Twitter. Twitter's quick, it's easy, um, and it's a very efficient space to share ideas and resources and also to pose questions and get pretty instantaneous feedback. Um, Twitter is also a platform that a lot of schools have accepted as an um, you know, appropriate form of social media. You know, yeah, we've got some of the other ones that I'm sure are more fun and interactive, but this was a nice professional space where they could still communicate, but get those social media skills that they need for when they eventually have an FA chapter or, you know, they're in charge of advocating for a program of their own. And then the third platform we chose was um, Edthena. And Edthena is a video observation reflection site. So our students would actually videotape their different teaching episodes. So the first semester it was in lab demonstrating different techniques that we assigned for the week. So maybe it was the first day of school or problem solving. 
And then they would take their videos and upload it. And then their mentoring teams were all given accounts and they could log in and actually watch the teaching episodes and leave different forms of feedback. So they could leave them feedback on strengths, on areas of improvement. They could leave suggestions for other resources and then they could also ask questions, which then the mentee could log in and, and respond to. Uh, these videos were behind a password, so we did have to pay for this. It was a subscription-based um, service, but it was a really, really great way for our students to be able not only to evaluate their own teaching, but evaluate that of their peers and for their mentors to be able to give them tips and tricks. And this carried over once they were in the classroom too, and each month they were asked to just record a short teaching episode which they would then, you know, ping their mentoring team so that they could get feedback from people beyond the university supervisor and beyond their cooperating teacher on, hey, here's me in the classroom doing real world things. This is what's going on. What can I do to make it better? Hey, here's what I'm facing. You've dealt with this before. Um, how can you help me out? And so with those three, they got a pretty, um, pretty well-rounded view of what was going on in the life of their mentee. And it gave them just a lot of different spaces and opportunities to interact. Um, we did keep things pretty guided though, because you know there's so much that we can say and do with Twitter. There's so many things that we can write on a blog. So each week had a theme and we would ask them to write a blog post about that theme. Um, once it was in, they were in the classroom, it was just a reflection of the week. And then with Twitter, again, sharing resources, asking questions um, every week just to stay connected. Um, and so it wasn't too overwhelming. And to make sure that the mentors knew what was going on, we had our um, mentees contact them once a week. It could be an email, it could be a text message, a phone call, whatever way they had set up for their more um, interpersonal communication, like outside of the, the program, the informal stuff, to let them know, hey, here's what, what I did this week. If you get a chance to view it and let me know, um, please do. So if you want, I can talk a little bit about how we did find our mentors as well, since you're probably wondering that as well, right? So um, we found our mentors, we started through uh, just word of mouth. And so, um, you know, hey, we're doing this thing, would you be interested in helping? And it was just the first year we had all these volunteers and we just randomly assigned them to our mentees. And then at the end of the year, we're like, so this was really cool, did you like it? Do you want to do it again? Can you can you tell us about people that might also want to do this? And so it started the snowball effect. We didn't even really have to recruit. Like I don't even think we had to send out any emails over the listservs. You know, we just through word of mouth, we kept getting connected to all of these really great people in our AgEd family that could potentially help our mentees. And so it became, we had such a large pool that it was like. We called it like fantasy virtual mentoring. So you know how people sit down and they select their fantasy football teams. Uh, Dr. Foster and I would sit down, we'd look at our candidates, knowing what we knew about them, where they were going to student teach, you know, what they hoped to get out of their last year in the program. And then we looked at our team of mentors and we would match them up with those that we felt could be most supportive and tried to make really strategic connections. Um, for those that didn't necessarily get picked, we kept them as alternates and we kept them in the loop. And so, you know, they would be pinged in on different things and they could just chime in and, and leave feedback in more of an informal role. And then in, you know, future years, we would try to incorporate them in as well. All the mentors always had an opportunity to return. 
Um, we didn't require it of them and some did, but when they didn't, then it gave us an opportunity to bring new people in. So I felt like it was really helping to maintain fresh perspectives and just to make the virtual mentoring program accessible to more ag teachers so they could get an idea of what was going on and how this valuable thing was not only gonna be good for the student they were helping, but also was going to help them as well. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great statement there. So I really see this this program, the way you designed it is kind of a win win, not only for the pre pre-service teachers, but also for the the mentors that are uh, assisting kind of virtually. So can you talk a little bit about the the win win on both sides and, and the value to not only the mentors and but also the pre service teachers? Absolutely. So Becky and I actually did a small research study on this back in 2019. Um, and so what we did was, you know, she had been one of our virtual mentors with us from the beginning. Thanks, Becky. <laughs> so not only was she doing her PhD at the same time I was, but she was also, you know, helping out with our mentoring program. And so we did a study where we looked at it from the volunteers perspective. And this was, uh, this was qualitative. So we, um, we scheduled some Zoom interviews with virtual mentors from each of our different categories. So a cooperating teacher, a new beginning teacher, an in-state teacher, and an out-of-state teacher, and also with one of our students. And we asked them just a series of questions about why virtual mentoring? What was your why for doing this? What do you think is your most valuable thing that you've given? What is the most valuable thing that you've gotten? And what was your favorite part? And we really found that uh, teachers like to give back to the profession. They remembered someone who had given to them when they were starting out. And it was kind of like a pay it forward thing. And so they love the opportunity to be able to connect with those just starting out and provide them with the feelings of support and security that they needed. Um, and then they also like some of the opportunities just to connect with them in person, like, hey, I'm going to be at National Convention. I get to meet you. Let's walk around Teachers World. Um, and then they also liked getting to use some of our fun tech platforms. So getting to use Athena for the video observation feedback. Because a lot of times, once you're in the classroom, you're not really a, much of a part of the um, observation process. You're the one being observed, but you don't necessarily get to observe others. So they really liked being able to look at that and kind of sharpen their skills of, of teaching and really refining their craft and thinking, well, hey, do I do this? And what advice would I give to another teacher? Um, they love being able to share resources, not only with each other, but with our other teachers. And then, um, they just like the opportunity to be part of the journey. So for big milestones in the student teaching internship, they were able to participate with Zoom. Um, they were able to chime into final presentations. They were able to actually see what was going on in the classroom through those teaching episodes. And, and it was kind of fun for them to be invested in the success of a new and beginning teacher. And as for our students, I mean, we got to connect them with some of the biggest rock stars in the TJAG family teachers that were not only doing great things professionally, but also had built quality programs were phenomenal FFA advisors and gave so much back to their school and local communities. And our students got to be directly connected with them for them to share their knowledge, their wisdom, their resources. So it sort of gave them a leg up because they were, they were already in. They had this network of people that were there to support them, to uplift them, to nurture them. So that as they progressed from student teaching intern into looking for a job, into going into the classroom. They had this group of people who was already invested in their success 
and was there to give them the tools and the advice needed so that they could hopefully be successful. And we didn't pay anybody to do this either. I mean, we sent them free swag, like, hey, you're awesome, thanks. Like, and we tried to, you know, do tech-themed gifts. So, you know, one year we sent them portable cell phone chargers or other little things, um, you know, but basically it was just gratitude. And it was really, really uplifting to just see the support and the true nature of our family of Ag Ed and how much everyone just wanted to support each other and was invested in, in everyone's success and how we were working together as a group to hopefully make sure that the teacher shortage doesn't get any worse and that those teachers who are interested in entering the profession, they're provided with as much support as possible so that they're not going to be the ones that they lose, that we can continue to retain them because as our, our population of teachers approaches retirement age, we're gonna need more teachers to fill the spots. So um, it was really fun just from, for me to sit back and to watch and to see this, these organic relationships forming and, and to see these networks that were evolving and to see what happened beyond the mentoring program too. I mean, I know some of our, our teachers that are out there now in their third and fourth years of teaching, they're still writing on their blogs. They're still tweeting. They're still talking to their mentoring team. So it's really cool to see how these connections have, have been sustained and how they've really been ingrained as part of our, our Ag Ed family. I mean, I still get messages from my first mentor or mentee, um, which is super fun. And I think the, the program itself has a ton of value and is a really cool model. Um, but that's not what your study was actually looking at, was it? <laughs> no. So my study, because I'm a little bit of a tech nerd, was actually looking at, okay, what's it doing for these uh, teaching and learning technology behaviors of our teachers? And so I evaluated the pre-service teachers who had participated in the program along with the mentors. And to make sure, you know, that it was good quality research, we did compare them with students in our program who had not participated in the program and also ag teachers who had not participated in the program. So we knew we had people who hadn't had exposure and that was the only way to see, well, was there like a really true statistically significant difference? And so we chose to look at um, three different digital behaviors of interest. One was digital literacy. So are you aware of the different tools out there and do you know how to select the right one for the job? We looked at technology self-efficacy. So how proficient and comfortable are you using the technology? Are you able to successfully navigate it? And then attitude towards technology. How do you feel about it? Do you feel that you're more tech savvy? Do you feel more comfortable using these tools? Or is it still something that's really foreign to you? And so we took instruments that had already been used on pre-service teachers for each of the three skills and pilot tested them with cooperating teachers reliability values checked out. And so we actually gave the same exact instrument to our pre-service teachers and our in-service teachers. And so um, when we got the feedback um, for pre-service teachers, there were not any statistically significant differences. And we know that this group tends to be our digital natives. So they've been using technology since they were probably in kindergarten. It's really become ingrained in their personal and professional and school lives since, you know, an early age. While maybe they weren't always using it for the same professional purposes that we had them using it for, they were aware of the, the different things out there. They felt comfortable using them. And overall, they had a pretty positive attitude and felt comfortable with them. Now, when it comes to our in-service teachers, that's where things got interesting. 
So we were able to survey most of the virtual mentors that had participated in our program over time. So this was close to 100 of them. And then we compared them to an equal number of in-service teachers who had not participated in the virtual mentoring program in any way. They got the same instruments. And what we found was that our in-service teachers who participated in the virtual mentoring program were statistically significantly more digitally literate. So when compared with the others, they had a much greater knowledge of what are the tools out there and I can select them and I know what to use when with my students. We found the same thing for technology self-efficacy. So these teachers that had been virtual mentors, they felt more comfortable using the technology. They felt comfortable in their ability to incorporate it into their teaching and learning practices. And you know, they, um, they felt that they were pretty proficient. Attitude towards technology, there was no difference. But I should note that this survey went out right when COVID first hit. So all of a sudden, everybody was teaching from home through a screen. So it would be really interesting to give it again, like this coming year when things are back to more of a normal pattern and like, you know, we're teaching like we normally do. Um, so I do think that that had an effect because, you know, all of a sudden teachers that never used technology before, guess what, now you're learning from home. On the flip side, it was also a good thing because some of the teachers that I don't think would have responded to our survey, since we did select our, uh, our non-virtual mentoring participants randomly. So some of the ones that probably would have ignored that email, now they were chained to their computer, they did respond. So that was also cool because we got some feedback from people that otherwise we wouldn't have. Um, and so, I would really love to, to take this one step further now that we see that, hey, being a virtual mentor tends to make ag teachers more digitally literate and it tends to improve their technology self-efficacy. All right, well, what can we do to continue to help more ag teachers become proficient in these areas? How can we use this tool of virtual mentoring to help them? Not necessarily them ne mentoring another teacher, but why can't we take our savvy teachers and set them up with a teacher who wants to get more savvy and now we have a virtual mentoring platform. What can we be doing through some of our professional technological resources? How, what can we do through professional development through NAAE or AAAE? You know, what opportunities are out there for us to help create more tech savvy teachers? You know, if COVID's taught us anything, teaching and learning with technology isn't gonna be going away anytime soon. You know, now that we've had to do it for a year and a half almost, um, some of us not even returning to the classrooms, the only way they've taught for a year and a half is through a screen. Um, what can we do to make sure that our teachers are equipped to continue to learn the, to use this method of learning? And to make sure that if something like COVID ever happens again, and we have to make the transition to all online learning, that our teachers have the resources that they need for being successful and to help them kind of navigate it because COVID hit us all a little bit blind. Uh, no one was ready for, for this. And while a lot of people and organizations worked really hard to create online resources for teachers, we didn't necessarily have any type of formal training in place. We were all learning on the go. So what can we do for a preemptive strike to help our teachers that are already in the classroom, but then also to modify our pre-service teacher programs to make sure that our teachers coming out, even though we know they're tech savvy, they're tech savvy and ready to teach digitally. Yeah, I think uh, 
COVID, among other things, certainly have kind of forced us to really think about uh, this, this different ways of doing business. And, and some of it is certainly going to be virtual. And, and uh, what I, and I think also the quantity of uh, technology resources out there that uh, people can utilize certainly continues to advance. So the one thing I really appreciate about this project and, and the study that's related to it is that I think this is a super new novel approach to help pre-service or in-service back teachers uh, as mentors kind of learn new technology and new resources and, and build their uh, skill set around those uh, while because they volunteered and said they were going to help uh, with a help preservice teacher. So it's not the typical professional development. It's like, okay, now we're going to go in and we're going to learn about these three new pieces of technology and how we might be able to use them in the classroom. I think uh, being able to force them into um, uh, being able to utilize and practice those and then figure out how they can get them into their classroom, I think is kind of a win-win. So, and, and not only uh, help with their efficacy as well. So, what do you what do you see as kind of the next stages and how 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 can we expand this into um, a broader uh, audience than uh, than the one that uh, is happening at Penn State now? Well, first off, to really make sure that this was legit because of COVID, I'd love to do the same study again with the same group of people now that we're on an even playing field and we're all kind of back to our regularly scheduled programming and to see if anything changes. Um, but really to expand it, my goal being a little bit of a tech nerd is I would love to create a program called Mentor Match. And I don't know if we could distribute it through NAAE, AAAE, but basically those teachers who are interested in being mentors would fill out a form, asking them a digital form, asking them correct some questions. Those teachers who were interested in becoming more tech savvy would fill out a different form. And then some type of magical computer algorithm um, would match them up. So something similar is already being um, done for instructional designers at the university levels, because much like ag teachers, sometimes they're the only one and they're a little bit isolated from their peers. So if they don't have someone with them, it's really hard for them to get the tools that they need to be able to do their jobs successfully and to feel supported. So why don't we set this up for ag teachers? We already know that geographical separation is real. Like that, that's been a thing for years. A lot of times you're the only ag teacher in your school. You don't have anybody you can talk to and you can rely on just for everyday ag teacher stuff, let alone how do we teach a hands-on subject with technology and start to integrate that in now that our industry is becoming more reliant on it. So wouldn't it be fun if we had a program for those teachers who wanted to give back because we know from the research that Becky and I did that paying it forward and giving back is a huge intrinsic motivator for ag teachers. Um, why not create something where they could give back to those who want to learn and who want to grow? I mean, we know that there's always going to be teachers who technology isn't their thing, but wouldn't it be nice if there was a way for them to learn from their peers? a way for them to start to develop these skills in a process that was organic and recover, you know, reflected their teaching process and not just a one-off PD session where, okay, well, I learned about it. How do I really do this in my classroom? Wouldn't it be neat if we can match them up with someone who has a pretty good grasp of the plethora of resources out there and can help guide them to those that will be most purposeful and most helpful to the classroom? I feel like the world of online learning has exploded due to COVID and that's great, but sometimes having too many choices can be really daunting and overwhelming for teachers, especially if tech is not your thing. 
So wouldn't it be cool if our ag teachers who are comfortable in that space could help make it more manageable for those who aren't, but who want to learn how to navigate it. And you know, our teachers organizations are starting to do a lot more great continual year long PD for our teachers that are already in the classroom. We've got to accelerate We've got the ag teacher ambassadors. You know, we've got these programs now where we're not just focusing on a new beginning, we're focusing on sustaining the health and well being of those who are already in the classroom and making sure that they have the tools they need to grow and evolve as our field of ag ed grows and evolves. So, wouldn't it be cool if we could sit down and find a way to create programs revolving around this that were over time to help our teachers so that even though we know they're already rock star ag teachers? They're also rock star ag teachers who are capable of teaching and learning with technology. And I think that that scalability and those what ifs and those wouldn't it be cool are a great place to kind of wrap up and turn the conversation over to the folks who are listening to say, hey, where do you take this to your state? What are those what ifs and wouldn't it be cool in in your in your context to really, you know, we're always talking about that that necessity of mentoring for our teachers and especially for for our new teachers, regardless of the route that they're coming into teaching. So really, you know, recognizing that ability to embrace a model of virtual mentoring, those opportunities to, to think about growing tech skills on both sides and really integrating those pieces, I think is a great place for us to then wrap up and you know, turn the conversation loose today. So Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us. It was great to have you here today. Um, and we're excited to continue this conversation. Thanks. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks, Tiffany. Thanks. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers.